1: We've got a pretty good feel at this point, well, at least the beginnings of a pretty good feel for how the local franchise is going to stack up in terms of off-season upgrades slash downgrades. What about the two teams that finished ahead of them in the Metro standings? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into Football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Hurricanes and the Rangers were, of course, those two teams. The Rangers were, of course, the team that came back from the 3-1 to one deficit in the opening round and eventually ended up in the conference finals. So these things matter. They do. Not so much from the standpoint of who wins the division. Yay, nobody cares about that in the NHL. Certainly not in Pittsburgh. But you do care a lot about who's in your way. Not just in the division, but also in the conference. Today I'm going to focus on the Metro. And I'm going to start with the Rangers for obvious reasons. They've had an offseason so far. That's really more one of reckoning, meaning that they've been built up to their credit on younger players. When, when you draft Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and you've got a bunch of other young guys, notably Igor Shosturkin, Adam Fox, you're going to have to eventually pay them beyond their ELCs or their entry-level contracts. And that process is only now beginning in Manhattan with Kako being the first. And as a result, because they're right up against the cap, as are more than half of the teams in the league right now, you're going to have to see other moves made. And so far, from Chris Drury in New York, what you've seen is Frank Vetrano leaving Madison Square Garden. This can't be overstated in its importance to the Pittsburgh Penguins. This alone—I know he wasn't much of a force in the playoffs—but it feels like there was never a regular season game in which Vetrano faced the Penguins in which he didn't score at least once. Whether it was with the Rangers or before that with the Panthers, so no Vetrano. He left through free agency. Also leaving through free agency was Andrew Kopp, who the Rangers picked up. In a trade with Winnipeg over the regular season, one of those deadline deals that's aimed as a short-term rental, that turned out to be what it was. But he also was a pretty good fit in New York. Management instead decided to go after Vince Trocek, who, of course, is not only the upper St. Clair kid, but also was some Pittsburgh fans' preference to replace Evgeny Malkin if Gino hadn't been retained. Trocek will be a good fit in New York. If he's an upgrade on Cop, I'm not so sure. One of the funny things about Trocek and Cop is that they ended up getting the exact same contracts, like to the penny, 5.625 million AAV. Cop with the Red Wings and Trocek with the Rangers, which tells you not only how Drury valued Trocek, but also how Steve Eizerman valued Kopp. I'll take Steve Eizerman's evaluations over almost anyone's in the league. Also notable was that the Rangers had to move and did Alexander Georgiev, the promising, I guess this is still a fair word for him, even though he's been in the league for a few years, young goaltender who'd been backing up Shesterkin and the backup Now behind Shisterkin is Yaroslav Halak, who's 37 years old, and also they signed Louis Domingue to be the third stringer. That's not an upgrade, any of it. So I would still say the Rangers are about where they were, but we'll see. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They in turn need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The Canes are a little more complicated. The Canes lost a lot of guys. They lost Trocheck. They lost Tony D'Angelo who uh, and he's not the world's greatest human, so his ending up in Philadelphia is going to be just perfect, but it isn't for the Canes because he actually fit really well there. They lost Nino Niederreiter, who was a really nice fit in Raleigh. They lost Max Domi. They lost Steven Lorenz. They lost Ian Cole, who was a very good player for them. Ian signing a one-year deal to go to the Lightning. Now, what they lost in quantity, they might have picked up in quality by adding Max Pecioretti from the Golden Knights. And what's probably a bigger move from the name standpoint, signing Brent Burns away from the Sharks. Burns, of course, had been a big, big part of the San Jose team for a lot of years. But it's been a lot of years. He's 37 years old. And for a guy who has relied principally on his mobility for his size, you wonder how much that's going to pan out. Of course, he'll do wonders for their power play. I mean, the guy just flicks the puck to the net effortlessly, it seems, and has a significant impact. But did the Canes get better? I'm not feeling that. I mean, they've got enough of a system that they could still be improving with youth. And they can still compensate for the old guys that they added with youth. But I don't know, man. There's a part of me that looks at Carolina and feels like their best couple of chances to really, really, really make a run have been ruined by either not prioritizing goaltending or then when they had goaltending, watching it get hurt or both. And if you looked at the rest of the Metro just for fun, the Capitals really didn't improve where they needed to, and that was in goal. They still obviously have an opportunity to do that, but it hasn't happened yet. And the Blue Jackets, of course, made the biggest splash by getting Johnny Goudreau. But I I can't get fired up about Johnny Goudreau. I just can't. I know that in Columbus they're treating it like the second coming of our Lord, but this is not a player who's done in the past what he just did this past season in Calgary. So it feels more like fans of the Blue Jackets are just ecstatic that somebody actually chose Columbus after years of everyone leaving Columbus, and then as a follow-up that Patrick Laine signed an extension to stay there as well, instead of just walking away the way Artemi Panarin and everybody else has for a decade now. But anyone who saw that team last season would know that they weren't any one player away from vaulting up in the standings. And they're not. The Islanders are going to face a big adjustment without Barry Trotz, although they've got some talent there. The Devils are going to be, I guess, pretty much what the Devils have been for a while, which is a really young, really fast, really neat team that never wins anything. And the Flyers just might be the worst team in hockey. If you felt like getting really excited on this midsummer's morning, when we come back, day one Q. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: And today's J1Q comes from Oli who asks, let's talk about youth. What does playing young guys mean exactly or whatever it was that Mike Sullivan told you in Montreal about his plan for the coming season? Does that mean Kasperi Kapanen? He's 26. What about Radim Zahorna? He's also 26. Drew O'Connor's 24. Pio Joseph, Valtteri Pustin, and they're 23. Do you want me to sneak Brock McGinn in here too? He's 28. Teddy Bluger's 27. Where is this line, man? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, it can be semantics. It can. But let's be real here, first of all, Ole. If you want to play... Truly young players, let's say like on principle because you want to show everybody that you're making the roster fresher or whatever, you got to give me some names. You got to give me some young guys that you would put up there ahead of some of the names that you mentioned. Do you really want to put Sam Poulin up there? Yeah, I know he finished well at Wilkes-Barre. Do you really think he's better than the guys you just mentioned, especially in a bottom six role? Yeah. I don't know about that. Actually, I do know about that. He's not. He's just not. The only guy that I could see out of the younger guys that you mentioned, and I mean really younger guys referencing O'Connor, POJ, and Pustinen, I do think you're going to see O'Connor and POJ, and I do think Pustinen is going to be one of the first options Out of Wilkes-Barre. And I do think, and this is going to sound like a risky thing to say in advance, but I'm going to do it anyway. Pustinan could come into camp and make an impact that would at least force a difficult decision. And he alone might be able to do that. That's how much I think of this young man, his game And his ability to play the Sullivan style in a way that not only fits, but also accentuates some of the stuff that the Penguins are currently lacking. For example, going to the front of the net. Pustin does it as if he's got a giant rubber band yanking him there. He doesn't need anybody to tell him to go there. Backs up, sticks his butt in front of the goalie, and does some good things in terms of deflections, rebounds, and so forth. He is an NHL talent. He's not an elite talent or anything like that. I'm not going overboard here, but he has a chance to do something like that. He's more the kind of player that would provide a legit test of what you're referencing that Sullivan told me in Montreal. He's that kind. It's a little bit convenient to say, well, let's see if he really plays POJ or even puts him with Chris Letang, that'll show that he's committed to youth. No, it won't. No, it won't. It just means that that's the most logical pairing, and it probably also means that Brian Dumoulin's since been traded. The same thing applies to O'Connor. If you put O'Connor into, a, let's say, a fourth-line role, let's say he's playing with Teddy, and there's, there's some logic to that because he's got the big body, he can shore up his defensive game he can shore up his penalty killing something he was challenged to do later in the season with wilkes but if you really want to talk about committing to youth would you seriously entertain the idea of O'Connor being the second line left winger next to Gino? hmm see what I'm saying there's there's different degrees to just playing guys or playing the younger guys. It's about putting them in a position of real responsibility and, from the coach's standpoint, real trust. That's not easy to develop with this coach. People can rip Sullivan for that all they want, but would you rather have a coach who just went on principle and said, well, we got to get young, and he starts playing guys who can't play, who can't care for the puck, in the areas of the rink where they need to care for it. That's just what you have to do to play for this guy. And there have been many examples of young players who've immediately fit with this coach. Not just, contrary to public misperception, in 2016 and 2017, either. Marcus Pedersen came along, played right away. John Marino, right out of training camp never even saw a shift in the minor leagues the real issue the real reason that sullivan hasn't played young players is he hasn't had any good ones because they haven't had any draft picks for a decade now i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening the daily shot of penguins we'll do another one of these tomorrow